0: From St. Louis Public Radio. This is St. Louis on the Air.
1: Was that the same case for them, or in some cases were they able to come in a way where they could bring some stuff with them, they're a little more set to go?
0: I think back then they had the 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 ability to do that. I, I didn't want to say luxury because it's never a luxury leaving your country mm-hmm. um, as a result of a conflict. We're not talking about used mattresses here. We're talking about new mattresses that we have to purchase. Uh, we're talking about furniture that's in good quality. We're talking about kitchen utensils. Um, these are all things that you know with with the where the federal grants would, would, would not suffice to cover the cost. So we lean a lot on the community in terms of donations.
1: Many Americans found themselves in tears last week after watching the news unfold from Afghanistan. It was heartbreaking to see American citizens and Afghan allies trying desperately to flee the country as the Taliban took over. But beyond the heartbreak, some St. Louisans saw opportunity, opportunity to help, and opportunity to bring new people to this city. The International Institute has taken in 53 Afghan refugees in recent weeks. They expect a whole lot more soon. And joining us today with a frank look at the challenges and the opportunities ahead is Ari O'Benson. He is president and CEO of the International Institute of St. Louis. Ari, welcome to the show.
0: Thank you very much, Sarah. Thank you for the opportunity to be here.
1: So you've had a number of Afghans arrive in St. Louis in the last few weeks. When did you see that start to sort of begin as a process?
0: So immediately after President Biden um, made the the request to the Congress to increase the, the number of special immigrant visas, that, that is that's a program designed to um, to give um, entry to the Afghans who walked with the U.S military in prosecuting the war. We started seeing walk-ins by walk-ins, I mean Afghans who were already here who had anticipated that the war was that the military was going to be pulling out and got out first, even mm-hmm. they didn't wait for, for uh, the State Department to, to fly them out. And those people re- typically came here because they really built relationships with the military whilst they were there. So they had military friends who were talking to them and saying, "I'm going to invite you over." And we started seeing those walk-ins coming in every day. We saw about 15, hmm. and then of course we started seeing the the the, the bigger numbers coming um, as we went approached this the weekend. That everything collapsed because it took about eight days,
1: mm-hmm. within mm-hmm.
0: which everybody kind of saw that things were were falling apart in uh, in Afghanistan. So. it's about a month ago that we've seen that significant increase.
1: Okay. So, so many of the people who are fleeing now, they seem to be fleeing with just the clothes on their back, very minimal possessions. These ones that have now come forward, who made their way to St. Louis a little bit before that, was that the same case for them? Or in some cases, were they able to come in a way where they could bring some stuff with them? They're a little more set to go.
0: I think back then they had the, the the. the ability to do that, I, I didn't want to say luxury because it's never a luxury leaving your country mm-hmm. um, as a result of a conflict. But they had the chance to to come here in a manner that was not as rushed or as desperate as those who are leaving now or trying to leave Afghanistan
1: now. Mm-hmm. So for the ones who are coming now and are making their way to St. Louis, walk us through this. What does that arrival process look like as they're landing in St. Louis?
0: Well, first, when when they get into the United States, I know some 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 um, military bases have been identified, and I think over the weekend there are other countries now where they are going to be processing them before flying them over to the United States. But Fort Lee in Virginia, for example, to to has, has took the first arrivals, and they are typically processed there usually a 10-day period. And after that, they have a list of cities around the United States where they would pick or choose to go. And it's usually based on ties that they have within those communities or stories that they've heard about those communities being welcoming. Um, And for those who do not have ties or relationships, um, then they uh, they are designated one of those cities. When people arrive St. Louis, the first thing that we at the International Institute do is ensuring that they have a welcome, and that welcome is picking them up at the airport. We typically would get um, notice. Ideally, for us, we would want to get longer notice, but with the crisis situation, we're seeing 12 hours notice to say that there there is a, a family of five on their way to St. Louis, and we 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 have to ensure that we we have a team at the airport to welcome them, um, ensure that they have a place to stay. And a place to stay, in some cases, we've seen a lot of arrivals here that already have um, ties or relations within this community where we've we've taken them to that um, relative. Hmm. But with the goal obviously that we're going to find a more permanent place for them to stay we provide housing so once we know of an arrival we look at our inventory of housing within the community and what would be the best fit for the family that is coming because it's not just in some cases it could be an individual but in, in some cases and more and more we're seeing larger families arriving. So we're desperately identifying, you know, uh, three bedroom uh, units that can be able to house these families. And even those that have family ties can, you know, you're bringing in a family of five into an apartment that, you know, already has a family of four or five, that cannot be a, 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 a permanent or a sustainable solution. So we 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 also work towards um, getting them Um, a a place so housing is the one thing then we have to equip the housing so we have been collecting donations where we actually try to get furniture into those house into the houses Hmm. we we do an apartment setup we ensure that the apartment is safe that that the family understands the equipment that's in it and how they can use it we then um, have provisions so we take them grocery shopping so that they get the things that they need to stand. We provide uh, hygienic items, toothbrushes, toothpastes, towels, all of those things. And once they are settled in, the next thing is having an assessment of where they are, health assessment, English language skills, what other skill sets do they have. Um, And it's based on those assessments, we create a program for them at the international institute which would include if if there is need for them to have um, english language classes we would provide that if there is um we also have a, a workforce department so if they would need skills for a job interview or if we can match them with an employer that has employment opportunities those are all things that happen um when Someone arrives here. We we try mm-hmm. to do that within the first 90 days. Now, if there are children in the family, we also work with the uh, public school system, the St. Louis Public School, to have those children enrolled in school and have them ready, whatever they need for school to begin. So that includes, you know, school supplies, um, because because that's an integral part of of creating a bridge for. Any arrivals that's a family to be able to to grow and, and is the idea they
1: that they'd be able to get in school then within the first uh, couple months there you don't want it there to be a long delay.
0: Yes, that's absolutely that's the idea. Um, it's also part of the assessment. We want to make sure that those children in school within those first 90 days of of arrival.
1: Okay, so this is a lot of stuff you're talking about that covers just the gamut of needs here. I know there's uh, a small amount of federal money that comes with each refugee. Does that cover enough to get this all set up for these families that, you know, as you say, in in some cases are coming in with nothing?
0: Well, absolutely not. Um, Sarah, we're talking... And the circumstances where we know that inflation has has come into the mix now with prices of nearly everything um increasing significantly so yes absolutely not it's not sufficient to to be able to do provide all of these resources and that's why we've we lean a lot on the community to be able to help us close the gap right mm-hmm. when when i talk about housing and talk about furnishing the housing the houses we're talking about, you know, you, you, we're not talking about used mattresses here. We're talking about new mattresses that we have to purchase. Uh, we're talking about furniture that's in good quality. We're talking about kitchen utensils. Um, these are all things that, you know, with with the with the federal grants would 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 not suffice to cover the cost. So we lean a lot on the community in terms of donations, in terms of cash donations, even in terms of expertise. So we have people volunteering their time to teach English, to take people grocery shopping, to do apartment setup. So th- there is there is so much um, of, of, of what we do that that relies really on the benevolence of this community. Hmm.
1: During the Trump administration, uh, they reduced the number of refugees to a historic low. And I imagine that had a big impact on the International Institute being able to do its work. Is that also a complication, trying to scale up now for an influx, when you found your work really slowing during some of those final years of the Trump administration?
0: Yes. Um, I think the International Institute um, had Built in a certain level of resilience that it was able to sail uh, through the that that challenging period because the last the four years of that administration saw a significant decline in 2016. For example, the International Institute did welcome about 1000 um, immigrants into the community that declined uh, to 135 in in. In 2020, so that's a wow. That's a
1: big drop take. right there.
0: Yeah, yeah absolutely, and, and that affects all, um, everything, right? The, the, the big but but and and one of the challenges that the Biden administration is facing now is is the fact that yes, capa- the capacity wasn't there anymore, right? To because it's a pipeline when when people come here as refugees or even coming here with the special immigrant visas that. There is significant vetting that goes into that process. Like, you know, sometimes people um, don't understand how much vetting this takes to to get people here. And it is that process, that process needs capacity. And that capacity in the last four years seems to have been dismantled. Mm-hmm. So it has taken this administration the first six And uh, six months to just build that capacity and unfortunately it's been complicated by the situation in afghanistan uh, now Mm -hmm. Um, so yes the the work that we do um, was was greatly hampered uh, by the decline in 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 arrivals Um, but the international institute has significant experience um, that we were able to to reinvent the way that we the work that we do and create other new activities and program that helped the Institute to be um, to sustain itself um, during that uh, challenging period it is said that across the United States many organizations um, had to f- close their doors Mm -hmm. as a result of that drought in arrival.
1: So looking specifically at this new influx from Afghanistan, um, you've done an assessment and said St. Louis could take 1,000 Afghans. Do you anticipate that number changing? Uh, Could we scale up to say, eventually, we're going to be ready for more?
0: Yes, I I think that number is going to change. So at at the beginning of the year, We we looked at our capacity and said this is what we can do, right? Mm -hmm. Because we've done that before, we've been able to receive a thousand within within a year, and and that was our uh, based on our assessment. That's what we're capable of doing. But yeah, this was before that weekend. The, the, the famous weekend when when Kabul um, folded the government in Kabul folded mm-hmm. so it seems that the dynamics have changed right but the dynamics have changed in a way that is quite uncertain so we do not know yet or whether it's going to be a trickle or it's going to be a wave um, and what we envisage that it's probably going to be more of a wave than a trickle of people arriving and uh, being here so it even though we say a thousand, we will still build capacity within the community to do more than that if we have those arrivals. Again, largely depending on the support that we we get from the community. And I would say that the community has really stood up and come together. Um, seeing the, the mayor and the, and the uh, county executive put out a, a message saying St. Louis is willing and ready. The number of corporations within this community that have reached out to us saying that they want to help our our representatives, Senator Bush's office. We're talking to Representative Corey uh, Bush's office today, uh, and Senator Blunt, sorry, not uh, Bush. But we're talking to Representative Bush today as well. So we have all of these stakeholders within this community that are really, are really supporting this effort. Uh, And so I think with time, we will be able to do more.
1: We need to take a quick break, but we'll be back shortly to continue this conversation with Ari. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio. We're talking today with Ari O'Benson. He's the president and CEO of the International Institute of St. Louis. It's already begun to welcome Afghans here to the St. Louis area. They expect many more on the way. Interesting statistic, Ari. um, 696 Afghans have been resettled in the St. Louis region with help from your organization since 2010. It's a pretty good number there that maybe the community hasn't even noticed uh, because it didn't come with the big headlines we're seeing today. Have they been able to find their place here in St. Louis? Lewis.
0: Oh yes, absolutely. I have found the, the that there is a vibrant Afghan community here. Actually, this Sunday I, I joined the, the Afghan community in the peaceful demonstrations that they had in the city, which was really intended to 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 highlight the challenging situation in Afghanistan, but also to appeal uh, to this Afghan community here to be also part of. Uh, the welcoming of Afghans uh, to St. Louis. Now, this community is really important in, in several ways, and this is why we must, as a community, continue to highlight that there is an Afghan community here because, as I said at the beginning, the special immigrant visas on arrival will determine where they go to based on their ties within those communities. Mm-hmm. So, if there is an Afghan community in Saint Louis that gives us an edge, that it, it, it you know it gives us an edge in having um, the SIV holders look at Saint Louis as an opportunity. Um, so, we we are we are working with the Afghan community to ensure that they too are part of the process um, in welcoming as many Afghans here as possible.
1: You know, it, it seems like at least in the city of St. Louis, there's so much excitement about the possibility of welcoming more and more Afghans here. I think people look back to the experience that happened when the Bosnians came here as such a point of pride for the city and also such a good thing for the city. Um, but it seems like this is, is maybe a different situation. There you had a group of Bosnians that, that was pretty sizable, and one thing just kind of snowballed from there. Should St. Louisans maybe uh, be realistic about their hopes? There may be other cities that end up being big draws. Where a lot of Afghans end up going there instead.
0: Well, there, there are other cities, and I'm going to beat the drum here. There are other <laughs> cities, but there is the International Institute in St. Louis, which I think I, there's the International Institute. There is an Afghan community, and there is a community that that is willing to to welcome Afghans here. So we have three things going for 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 us here, um, and also um, we also never anticipated that there would be this this sudden um, need for action within a short period of time which is which which gives us more reason uh, to think that we're going to see some really huge arrivals here Hmm. and finally we have had significant experience not just with welcoming afghans but welcoming afghans with the special immigrant visas because it's very different from the uh, the refugee arrivals.
1: So, Ari, we have been hearing from so many St. Louisans who want to help with this, and I'm wondering if you could gi- give us just a quick sense of what the biggest needs are right now. I know that that list has been widely circulating for items. Are items the biggest need, or are you looking for people to volunteer their time?
2: Well, our needs. We have we have three needs, um, Sarah. We we spoke earlier about. Um, what the federal the federal grants that we have i think as we see this number of arrivals increasing we're already we were already talking this morning about a projected 60 that we 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 kind of know are already coming in the next month with there's going to be a huge financial need and i want to say that the community has already stood up we've seen significant increase in contributions and we appreciate that and we, uh, we 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 hope that people can can continue to, to support us as we ramp up capacity, and we can go to iistl.org to make a donation. In-kind needs, yes, there's a list that has been in um, commission. We are we are accepting donations at our location, and we're going to be working to build up capacity in terms of if we need extra, extra space to be able to to put in. Donations in kind. But I say to anybody that has donations that are more than two boxes, to call the International Institute, and and uh, and we will make an appointment uh, for for that drop off. Uh, so that we, we we want to have the capacity to be able to support that.
1: Okay, and if, and if the, sorry, if people have items, just smaller things they're dropping off, that's something they can just do during normal office hours over over at the institute.
2: Yes, anything less than two boxes uh, drop them up we're also looking for really new hygienic items i I did mention a few about but small smaller things can be dropped off any time at the institute and um, we, we we're, we're looking forward to um, having us uh, and keeping our inventory because as arrivals come, our inventory is running low so those small donations will be very helpful for us. Okay.
1: Now, you've said one of the biggest challenges there is is housing and hearing about just how quickly people are coming, the fact they might be coming with families. I can see how that would be the case. I I know there was some real concern under your predecessor's tenure. Um, there was an apartment building in the city's West End where the Syrians who were placed there, they felt that was dangerous. The conditions there were a real problem. There were issues with cockroaches, things like that. Are you still using that complex when you're, you're under this time of, of stress? Brain.
2: yeah it is my understanding that we have not been um, putting people in that particular complex um, for for many many years now um, we have, we've been working with um, in fact at the International Institute we just invested in how having a housing specialist and much more than just housing is a quality. Affordable housing, right? Because Mm -hmm. the newer houses are more expensive and affordability becomes a a problem. So we are striking a balance between uh, affordability and quality. And so we're taking an inventory of the opportunities that are out there. And I must say that the community is really coming together to help us answer some of these questions in terms of affordable housing uh, for for these arrivals.
1: Well, that's great to hear. I'm I'm glad people are stepping up for that and not just for the smaller donations. Last question for you here today, Ari. uh, This timing is incredible. Um, You've been on the job as president and CEO just under seven months. Having all this happening right now, just in the first year of your tenure, uh, what does that feel like for you?
2: So I'm going to put a very positive spin on this because, you know, I wouldn't have asked for a better time or better way to, to be brought up to speed in terms of what the, this job entails. Mm-hmm. like When when I started six months ago, it was basically taking the first year to understand and develop strategy um, of what I would like to see. But, but having this opportunity to be part of this process actually helps me, one, understand what the full cycle of arrival and working with, to provide the the necessary um, uh, resources to ensure that the people who come here feel safe and included um, has, has been a, a, a blessing in disguise, so to speak. Um, so um, it, that's how I see it, and, and it, it's given me the opportunity as well to really understand resettlement and then understand the community, the stakeholders, the players. And, and engage in a com- with the community in ways that I wouldn't have hmm. if we didn't have a situation like this. Um, and, and also, really, you know, in, in, in taking this job, I always thought that, um, you know, if you are not in this position, you would always listen headlines and think that people really didn't want immigrants here. But what I found out, my pleasant surprise, is how vibrant the community is that supports. Um, um, immigrants coming to St. Louis, irrespective of what people think, um, it makes sense for this community um, to welcome immigrants here. And that's what I found and and really has been inspiring for me.
1: Hmm. Well, I appreciate your perspective on that work. I'm sure it's been a very busy first seven months on the job. But Ario Benson, we want to thank you for joining us today. And and we wish you and the International Institute the best of luck as you tackle this big challenge.
2: Thank you very much, Sarah. Thank you for the opportunity.
1: St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here.